Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Dennis. And on the line with us, we have our favorite geek, Wes. Wes Bryan from IT Pro TV. There, Wes? I am. Good morning, gentlemen. Hey, good morning, sir. Welcome back to the show. It's nice and warm where Absolutely. you are. It's freezing Always where we are. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, good, good, good. So we brought, we wanted to bring Wes back because uh, obviously Wes is part of IT Pro TV and uh, mm-hmm. you help to train future geeks of the planet or improve current geeks. Um, That's right. Get them certified. And we thought maybe this time we'd chat a little bit about maybe some of your suggestions for the average user's security. What should they be thinking about when it comes to their personal computer security? Well, you know, there's there, there's so many things that we could talk about, mm-hmm. right? But there are some basics that seem to kind of be the same regardless of what operating system you're logging into. And uh, one of the things that really starts, you know, I, I think top of the stack of anything when it comes to best practices is going to be a, an awareness that, yes, this can happen to you. You can be hacked. You can fall prey to or victim, if you will, to threat actors there. So that that's definitely one of the first uh, things good I point. would say. It's just a yeah. training and awareness around it's a good first line of defense. Yeah, and that's even for business. We talked about this here in Connecticut. One of our towns got ransomed, of course, and uh, their first selectman is talking about security awareness training. But you're right. You, you should just assume you can be a victim. And, Most you know. definitely. And then as it gets a little bit closer to the user's account, because at the end of the day, that's what uh, threat actors are looking for. They're trying to uh, trying to find a way into, you know, into your organization. And it might not just be uh, the average end user that they really care about, but they can always use that to pivot. So the, the next biggest thing is going to be proper password construction and password management. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's the next line of defense when it comes to any system, because if you look at all of the uh, tactics that are out there preying on the end user, a lot of times that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get those credentials so that they can mount an attack, you know, elsewhere. Now, of course, you said password structure, password, and we talk about pass phrases these days as a, a potential structure. Um, what about saving your passwords while you have it in your browser? What do you think of that, Wes? 
you know, I, I'm sure that the browsers have a really good way of do you know uh, encrypting them. I haven't really looked into uh, I- I- as far as you know how they actually store those credentials. I do it myself, uh, mm. so I'm not opposed to it. Uh, mm-hmm. But I will tell you that one of the things I would uh, I would say it would be better is a third party password management system. You know, something like LastPass. Mm-hmm. You know, where you can have a password manager and it can store your passwords. Uh, because one of the things that uh, we're challenged with is making those strong passwords, you know, making sure that they have the complexity requirements, the mm-hmm. length, if you will, uh, no password reusal, you know, resetting your password after so many days. Um, that does that, that can be kind of complex for a lot of people. So if you have a password management system, you know, it, it makes it a lot easier. But I would say the password is definitely the uh, next line of, uh, of defense when it comes to basic and your end user security. Then, of course, we talk about service packs updates, you know, Microsoft constantly bringing down the updates. You know, should should people do them right away? Should they not do them right away? It's always a double edged sword, right? When it comes to I mean, obviously, in business, we kind of have no choice. But for for the home user, what do you what do you suggest? Well, you know, Microsoft has got so jinky with the Windows updates. You know, they're just continuous rolling updates. It's more of what they call Windows as a service today, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we know that uh, traditionally Patch Tuesday a lot of times means Rollback Wednesday. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah. It does. Yeah, you know, so um, here, here's what I would say. Because I, I am a firm believer that that's another line of defense. A basic thing that the end user can do uh, is just paying attention to things that, that, that say cumulative or things that say critical. Because a lot of times... Those are the ones that are security updates. And even in Mac OS, because, you know, even though Windows is still the dominant uh, enterprise, uh, you know, operating system, uh, Macs have become more and more prevalent within our, uh, you know, corporate environment, too. And and the same thing would go with, uh, you know, with Mac. I'm sitting on a Monterey update right now, uh, and I'm not sure that I want to go to Monterey yet (laughs) because (laughs) I might have to roll it back. But if they come through and they say, hey, currently, uh, you know, we're going to uh, roll out a security patch for Big Sur. I'm going to jump on it. Uh, feature updates, I would say use those discretionally, you know. But when it comes to the security updates, and this goes with your software on your machines too. I'm, I'm kind of being generic here and just saying the operating system, but really any piece of software because the, uh, the vendors, they identify critical fixes, and a lot of times it's not just functionality flaws that they're fixing. It's security vulnerabilities. So that would be the next thing uh, that I would definitely say. You, you have to also – you can't look – past the importance of backups. And this can be something that's kind of intimidating for the average end user, but they've made it really easy to use Time Machine in Mac OS, to use file history inside of uh, the Windows operating system. Mm-hmm. Heck, you can even use the older Windows 7 full drive imaging that's still in there, and you can take a full image of your drive, and all you need to do is put in that repair disk, which a lot of times uh, CDs are becoming obsolete, but it'll be a USB thumb drive, and you can restore your operating system to a point in time completely with all your applications and all your settings. So that's another thing that I cannot stress enough is backups. Make backups of your crucial data and follow the traditional three, two, one rule. Three different backups, two different kinds of medias, one that is not on your computer. You know, in, in corporate, we say off-site, but I don't expect somebody to take a thumb drive and, you know, put it in the neighbor's uh, mailbox or anything. Right. You just make sure that it's external. Yeah, all, all very good advice. What about um, DNS filtrations? We've talked about we talk about it a lot with OpenDNS. What do you, the, and we recommend it as an average end user 
approach to security. Um, is there any next gen of that that we should start thinking about, um, or oh, is that yeah, the good way definitely. to go? Like things like uh, you, you talking like uh, Cloudflare uh, and stuff, right? Cloudflare, OpenDNS, yeah, any kind of DNS no, filtering. They, they provide a service. Uh, those DNS filtrations, we use them, and mm-hmm. we've used them for a while at a corporate nature. And they've got personal plans. They can do content filtering if you have kids. You know, uh, it, they're, they're, it is a good service. And if you're talking about you're spending ten bucks a month, I mean, really a hundred bucks a month to have all that prote- or a, a year or whatever it be. You know, yeah. It's it's free, actually, and it's worth it. It's worth every penny. Yeah. And it's free. The other thing that we find in our business, I mean, obviously, Kaspersky antivirus is a Russian antivirus. And now and and we've told people for years not to use Russian antivirus because obviously it's Russian antivirus Um, could be good, but it's still from, you know, it's Russian antivirus. So uh, do you guys find any kind of methodologies that end users can take to figure out the security technologies that they're using? Are they American based? Are they? Western based? Are they good, bad? I mean, you know, you, you've got like uh, AVG, right? That's a Czech Republic tool. I mean, it's you know, we can't find American uh, technology that, to secure our systems. Um, you know, you, you know, there's a lot of native tools that are built in. You know, um, right. and obviously you get more bells and whistles with uh, third party software. Mm-hmm. And um, I say, when in doubt, leave it out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If you if you're not sure, because that's another big thing. I'm glad you put that. Uh, you know, and that goes for all software. Mm-hmm. Uh, so any software download, it has to be from a trusted installation source. If it's not from a trusted installation source, then you can't. You know, your operating system can't use the public key cryptology that it uses to check the vendor and the state of the package. You know, making sure that it. You know. You know, viruses haven't been slipstreamed, you know, sideloaded into the the uh, application software. But again, I say smaller footprint, smaller attack surface. When right. in doubt, leave it out. And that's really good advice because even for folks with your phones, there's so many apps people download. Let's say you're into Wordle, let's say, right? But there's so many other Wordle-ish apps out there just on the on the on the store, right? So the bad guys are saying, "Oh, everyone likes Wordle. Well, let's go ahead and create apps that are like Wordle and have all those malware." tools inside there to capture your bank account when you log into your bank account. So you're right. Yeah, when in doubt, leave know, it out. That's, that's a big challenge today. And you all know this too. We, you know, we've gone so far from traditional systems administrations. Now we have BYOD. I want my device mm-hmm. and I want to be able to use it. And I want to be able to access, you know, not only my private information, but I want to be able to access corporate and company information too. So that's a challenge on administrators. And that's one of the things that, again, back to that user training, if you're going to have access to the internal, you know, line of business productivity apps, then we need to be able to enroll you into an MDM solution. Sorry for the acronym, but you know, mobile device management mm-hmm. or even mobile uh, mobile application management, ma'am, they, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's some kind of unified system, you know, like something like Microsoft's Endpoint Manager, uh, formerly separate Intune and yeah. CCM, but right. it, be able to, to manage that device. We're going to require you to have a screen lock, and that screen lock is going to require you to have, uh, you know, uh, a password, or not, not just a password, but biometrics authentication. And how about this one? Yeah, I'm surprised I didn't, we didn't say this, both of us, shame mm-hmm. on us, yeah. multi-factor authentication. Well, we're going to get there. Yeah. Only a matter of time. (laughs) That's a big one is multi-factor authentication because, you know, you have those three uh, um, uh, authentication factors, right? Something you know, something you have, something you are traditionally. There's a whole ton of other ones due to technology's advances, but those are the traditional three. Mm -hmm. You know, if they get my password through whatever means, social engineering. See, that's another thing is social engineering and anti-phishing campaigns are very, very important because they teach the end users in a non-live environment in through mock dry runs, like what would happen? Could you identify 
you know, phishing scam. So let's say that they do get attacked by a phishing scam, and now they got the credentials. If they don't have the device that's on them, then they're not. They, they don't win. <laughs> so right. Multi-factor authentication is another thing. And again, back to you know BYOD, uh, that that pre- presents challenges. But it goes back to that user awareness. You know, we say defense in depth, and the outer layer of that onion, if you will, those mutually reinforcing layers is policy, procedure, and awareness. Mm-hmm. So we have to make sure that we have end users go through and, and again it's it's not this it, it sounds like you know we're trying to be the nick burns of it with a big thor you know hammer it, right. it's not really that it's just a hey you need to recognize that your role and what your role is in cybersecurity, and not only from a business perspective can also help you in the residential areas as well now as far as what you guys do to train people on this security plus really is where that focus would be um, as far as getting people trained up and understanding these areas that you just brought up it actually starts from the beginning. Uh, so I do the core, uh, the CompTIA core foundation series, A plus, Net plus, and Security plus. And one mm-hmm. of the good things about the way they've got that structured, and one of the reasons I tell everybody to follow a path of going to A plus, Net plus, Security plus, unless unless you've been a you know help desk technician and you've. I've, I've met so many people that don't need certifications. They've got more experience than I'll ever have. Uh, but the point being is, you know, if you're starting in that foundation, we start you out with a little bit of security. You, you have to know, uh, I think 10%, 10, 15% of that exam is uh, security. Yeah. And then when we get into networking, we teach you some of that stuff that you still learned in A+, but we also teach you some more in-depth of the, you know, the, the networking side of things, right? We're not just talking about, hey, this is a botnet. Now we're talking about cross-site scripting. We're talking about, you know, the cross-site uh, forgery request. You know, go a little bit more advanced. And then, yes, sir, you get to Security+. Plus, and at that point, there's assumed knowledge because it's all security, you know, and uh, it's, it's a great stepping stone for people. And then if you want to go on, uh, again, that could be a nexus to many, uh, many a different cybersecurity careers. It really can be. I mean, the past the hash attacks that are out there these days are really starting to be leveraged against even MSPs. Yeah, those are frightening. Yeah. yeah. Again, they don't even have to do the work. It's, it, it, you know, well, they're, they're doing a little bit of work, but uh, just the fact that they can authenticate a system like that. Without a password. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and and see, that's the thing that uh, I don't think any users need to know, but we know that it's the way the passwords are stored, right? right. If I can get that hash value, you know, it doesn't matter if it's an Etsy shadow file or if it's in the, uh, you know, the old, um, oh, where do they keep it today? Uh, Syskey, I think it is in uh, Windows. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, you know, if I can find the hashed value of your password, then all I need to do is just pass that off to the system and they, it doesn't matter what the keystrokes are. It looks like the password. Right. And that's back to saving your passwords into Chrome and that kind of thing. I mean, if those things are saved up in those in those browsers, they can also use technology similar, right, to pass those yeah, hashes and, back in. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So, anything else we should know, Wes, about security that you want to bring up this morning? No, those are some good ones, and you know that uh, we could go on and on. Um, the I think the last thing I would say is just be aware of. Your emails, you know, end users, uh, take a little bit of training. There's plenty of websites out there that uh, they they have little gamification of uh, phishing scams, and they're legitimate sites, you know. Uh, And uh, try to see if you can identify them. You'd be surprised. And uh, finally, I would say the last thing is if you are going to access corporate resources, make sure you're using some kind of VPN service. You know, they're out Mm -hmm. there. You don't have to be uh, a network engineer to set them up. You could pay a subscription, and then you know – 
that when you're at a hot spot and you're viewing your private data, you know that it is going to stay that way. Anything cool and new coming out to IT Pro TV? You guys always have some sort of webinar happening. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we uh, we just finished the uh, new A-plus for the new A-plus objectives. Uh, okay. They're going to be launching in uh, April, so very excited to see that. Uh, I am, what else are we into? We're going to be doing, starting, kicking off this week, uh, Linux Plus hmm. uh, with our CTO Whoa. and co-founder of IT Pro TV, Don Pizzette. So that's going to, I'm really looking forward to that. And then after that, I'm going to be starting in a little bit of Microsoft, I'm going to be doing AZ900, which is the Azure Fundamentals course. Oh, fun. You heard about that story where people were having access to multiple Azure accounts, right? They had that, they had no, that vulnerability. No, I'll send a link to you. Awesome. Very good. I'll tell you what, guys. How's the weather up there? It's cold. Yeah, it's cold. Yeah. (laughs) Not for you, though. Don't rub it in down there in Florida. No, 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 no. It's okay. We had a bunch of rain, and uh, our cold fronts are nowhere near what your cold fronts are. (laughs) So I won't say. (laughs) So we'll have you back back sometime in April talking about another topic. I tell you what, I look forward to seeing you or uh, talking to you all, and any time. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. Same with us, Wes. We do appreciate it, sir. Take care, gentlemen. You too. Bye bye. All right, Wes Bryan, IT Pro TV. If you want to become a geek too, you can be. You can go on to computertalkwithtab.com. It's 30% off. Go ahead and check it out. We need you. And like Dennis always says, we want you to be a geek too. Yeah, we need you badly. The, the, <laughs> the planet needs more geeks. Everybody, not just Tab, the world needs IT people. So we're going to step out for a quick break and you're going to choose a new career. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're here until 11 o'clock, and we're going to get right to your calls. You're nice enough to join us on this Saturday morning. We're going to go first over to George. Nope, we're going to first go to Jen in West Hartford. Sorry, George, she was on longer. Jen, what's going on? Hi, how are you? Thanks Good. for taking my call. Oh, my pleasure. What's up? So I have an issue with my Netgear Nighthawk. It's an R7000, and I can't see the devices that are logged on. In the past, I used to be able to see the devices that were there. And now I can't see them, and my son's Xbox has been blocked for a few months, and he's not too happy about it when he comes home from college. And I can't get him to get on. I've even tried to do a guest user. You blocked him by a MAC address, huh? I blocked him somehow. (laughs) What what did he get, a C in something? Yeah, Uh, well, yeah. He stays up late. Come on. (laughs) I was going to say, sorry, Mom, I didn't didn't mean to get a C. You're blocked. Your Xbox is blocked. (laughs) So you probably did it by MAC address because it shouldn't have been by IP address. Um, so there's probably a MAC security. Dennis is looking for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking up some of the uh, Netgear, the Netgear Nighthawk, starting about six months ago, they put out some problematic firmware updates, okay. um, including some that completely disable the, your, the admin site so that you can't log in and do anything administratively with it. The, okay. the router will continue to work the way it was set up, but you can't make any changes to it. I assume so that I you're to able to, to log to... in, but you're just not seeing the device. I right. see some devices, okay. um, and it kind of goes back and forth between the 2.4 and the 5. And the 5, yep. right. mm-hmm. So it's All right. showing me those, but it's not showing me everything that's using my Wi-Fi. Uh, yeah. Well, he's probably hardwired, right? No. no. Oh, really? No. He was up in his room. Okay. Get better. Um, <laughs> and complaining. Yes, because hardwire would be much better. Um, that did work, actually, when he hard- hardwired it, because over when he was home oh. for Christmas break, that did work. Okay, so All then, right. of course, you could just do that and not waste the rest of your Saturday. 
All right. Um, <laughs> what you're going to do is go into, oh, I found a page that has a suggestion for this, okay? Nice. Okay. Uh, you're going to go into the router admin page. You're going to click on advanced. That'll okay. be up near the top. And then you go to security over on the left. And then you go into access control. Okay. And what you can do in there uh, is govern the access controls, but there is a uh, radio button that'll say allow all device all new devices to connect. And what okay. you would have him do is reconnect using the Wi-Fi on his okay. computer. All right. All right. Nope. Now, would I have to do that through the app, or would I have to go into? You go into the the web page for the router. Yeah, directly okay. into the router. And uh, we'll we'll post a link to this. Uh, Mike G okay. will get it up on Facebook, and uh, I'll get it on the web page. Okay. All right, Jen. All right. Thanks so much for your help. I appreciate it. Our pleasure. All right. All right. Bye bye. Bye. All right. It's never good when your Xbox can't connect. Uh, but it is powerful if your kid's not doing what they're supposed to be doing. You can actually target the specific device, their iPhone, their Xbox. It's it's a nice feature if you really want to control the kids. And lock it, it down for timing, too. Yeah, you can put it on a schedule, right? We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. Three lines open for you on this lovely Saturday morning. And just had to say something about St. Pete. The Peters? The St. Peters? St. Peters. Um, the Peacocks? I think they're the Peacocks. Holy moly. That was such a great game taking on Purdue. Oh, man. Those guys can go all the way. Their next opponent is an, is an eight seed, North Carolina. Whoa. Talk about getting to the final four, possibly. I think they wow. can do it. Those guys have heart. Holy moly. Um, so, and I'm sure the whole the whole country's probably rooting for these guys have to be yeah such a great they, they work hard they play well my goodness they're gonna go far all right back to your calls we're gonna have three lines open 800-966-WTIC 522-WTIC are the numbers and uh let's go to george in bristol now hey george you there morning george you awake sorry he's, he's been on hold for 45 minutes george you with us oh boy i think george has probably fell asleep <laughs> Did we lose we George? Lost George? We're going to put oh, George well. back on hold because I'm sure he's there, uh, I would hope. But while we wait for calls, I do want to bring up, I kind of alluded to this when Wes was online um, about he was doing a new Azure training. And uh, the folks at Microsoft, <laughs> uh, yes, the folks at Microsoft had an Azure flaw. Now, Azure is basically Microsoft's cloud-hosted solution, right? So they're, they're, instead of having your own servers, you then rent servers from Microsoft. And then you put your precious business servers onto Microsoft's cloud, right? And you have now your, your accounting system is sitting there, your email, whatever it might be, all your important documents, your, your, your company secrets, your secret formula to whatever it might be for your special sauce is on Azure's cloud, right? This is where it's sitting. And of course, here's the flaw. Azure Flaw allowed users to control others' accounts. Yes, that's what I said. What? Yeah. There's a flaw in the Azure system that allowed somebody else to access your data. Not supposed to work that way. How how does that how is that even a thing? It's a thing. It, this is the issue with multi-tenancy, right? So basically, if you think of the cloud as a tenement building in the sky, which is how I think of it, and basically it's like having a, a key to everybody's room, right? 
and Microsoft said it didn't impact anybody. It only impacted users of Azure's automation service, and that service allows Azure users to use PowerShell or Python to write runbooks. Um, but they did a test, and they were able to look at other instances of other cloud systems to see. You know, they, they proved that they could look at other other uh, instances of other cloud accesses or other, other accounts. They were able to see uh, bank and telco information. Oh, I'll have you guys read the story yourself. Um, but again, I mean, this is and this was a, a March eighth article that I didn't even, haven't gotten to, and then we had the article today about Microsoft getting hacked. This isn't even a hack. This is literally like this, this is them leaving an open door between accounts, right? Ugh. Which really shouldn't be the case. Period. So I'll put the link up there for you. You can read it and weep as we all do. Um, let's go on to your back to your calls and see if. Uh, we can get some answers here for you guys. We're going to go to Jeff in Washington State. Hey, Jeff, how are you? Hi, I'm a big fan from the uh, other part of the country. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Our pleasure. Thanks for calling. We love rank, uh, cranking up the long-distance phone bill here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So my um, – well, first, before I get to my question, um, I'm a podcast listener. I listen religiously for years. Um, I've noticed they haven't had hour one and two labeled now, so I'm, I'm out of order 50% of the time. That's all Joey. <laughs> That's Joey's fault, Joey. Are you gonna apologize to this guy? You got hour one and two out of order on the podcasts. Yeah, he's blaming Washington. <laughs> <laughs> so we have no control over that, Jeff. It's all Joey. So send the letter to Joey, the complaints to Joey. All right. I'll so, uh, I'll get working on it. <laughs> what can um, we do for you? So every time I get a new phone, I like to back it up on the computer. Um you know, I, I go through Samsung's all you know every year or two. Um, my problem is, and, it, and this is more of an annoyance. It's not life changing or anything, but I plug it into the desktop, and it's a higher end desktop. Every four or five years, we you know spend the money and get you know the latest i7, the video card, everything else. Nice. Everything works great, um, except when I plug in um, the USB cord to the phone. The thing pops up and I say, I just want to view files. And then I open two file explorers on Windows 10 and I go to transfer the phone. Um, the most recent one was, a, you know, the new Samsung. And that one was actually the USB-C one to USB-C. Right. What happens is I open up two file explorers. So one is the phone and I open it up and I see all the folders. The other is on the computer and I make a new folder, you know, Jeff's backup. And then I go copy and paste. Well, this has happened for years and not this computer, but every computer I get, it seems it, if I try and do the full phone, it's 212 gigabytes, this latest one and the thing hangs. So it's, it hangs at um, um, where it kind of thinks about how much it's going to take and how long it's going to take. And then it gives you that window. Mm Mm-hmm it will simply not do it. And I, I have no idea why. So I was going to get your thoughts if there's anything else I can try. Um, like I said, I've tried the USB-A, you know, the 3.0, the, the different cords I thought it was originally, um, and it just hangs. And I have to do, like, individual folders, and it takes forever. I'm going to make a suggestion that you uh, buckle down and try using a command line copy instruction. You can either use the uh, copy command or X copy, which is for bulk copy, 
or you can use another tool that is built into Windows called RoboCopy, uh, which is really great stuff. I have found that it does a very... When you're using Explorer to copy, what it does is it navigates through the entire hierarchy of what you're moving. And if that is very complex with a lot of data in it, it just becomes very difficult for Windows to catalog it before it even begins copying it. And that's where the hang-up is occurring, okay? If you use a command line tool, it takes thing. It doesn't do that cataloging first. It just looks at every file that you are telling it to copy with your command, and it just moves it one at a time. It's actually more efficient for large amounts of data to move. And the, there's one other thing you can look at, too, that I saw, Jeff, is that you need to go to your USB preferences on your phone. Some of them offer a way to set it for file transfer. And if you don't physically tell it, right now I'm doing a file transfer, it could be fighting with charging and other issues where it's, maybe it's holding up and saying, I don't have enough time to send this over or what have you. Maybe that could be contributing to it, too. So just yeah. make sure you set your settings in your phone to file transfer if you have that setting. Okay. So not not in the computer because when it pops up, it gives me some things to do, um, um, and I, I usually just select view files. I think is what I do on the yep. USB. Yeah, yeah it, that's that's not it's not a Windows side a problem. I think it's your it's the phone side. The, you might have to go into the phone settings yeah. and and tell it to allow copy. But I would think that if the phone is showing up with folders in Explorer. Yeah, that it is doing that file sharing, but right, it may still need that instruction to be set. You can actually set it for usually file transfer, USB tethering, MIDI, PTP, or no data transfer. Um, obviously, like like Ben is saying, it's set there already. But just formally setting it according to this forum might improve your your transfers. The tools that Dennis recommended are those built into Windows, or they are, are they separate. They are. It's built in. You don't need to go get anything. Great. Well, if you wouldn't mind leaving a post for me, I can uh, um, yeah. remind me what those are called and everything. So thanks for yeah. your time, gentlemen. Hey, thank you for calling out there in Washington State and racking up our our bill here. We like it. I'll be listening. All right, Sarah. We'll try to. We'll, 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 Joey will now put the uh, podcast out in the right order, right, Joey? You promise? All right, he promises. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Jeff. Bye bye. Uh, the thing about podcasting, man, they used to they used to call it hour one and hour two, right? Do you just put them out generically now, Joey? Yeah, they're more more of a you know the the, the people that are smarter than me. Yeah, the, they they don't want the name of the show or hour one and the date. We want fancy titles, right? So it becomes the each individual podcast just becomes a thing, a thing. itself, not it's an not, hour one or an hour yeah, two. Yeah, so of it's a not program. like you know March twenty sixth, twenty twenty two, hour one, hour two. It's whatever was a big topic of discussion during that hour. Gotcha. All right, so Jeff's not going to be that happy. You're not going to be able to fix that. I'm sorry, Jeff. <laughs> oh man. I oh. well, I'll, I'll I'll take care of you, Jeff. You'll see. Don't worry about it, bud. Awesome. And kudos for listening across the country. Yeah, man. All right, let's go to if George is there, we're going to help he's awake. George in Bristol, you with us? Yes. Hey, there you are. Sorry for putting you on hold so long. What, what can we do for you, sir? Uh, I have a problem trying to install some HB software in my wife's computer uh, so I can con connect her uh, new printer. And what happens is when I put the address for the software in, 
I get a canine web protection uh, page yes. that pops up. Get rid of canine. I, we tried that. We eliminated everything that we know of in the computer, but there must be something in there that's uh, causing it to pop up on this one screen. Yeah. Canine was a great web filter maybe 15 years ago. Um, OpenDNS has supplanted it. So we can try to find an uninstall for K9. There's something legacy that's occurring um, blocking you from getting this this uh, download. I, I don't know why K9 thinks this is malicious. It's it's not. Well, it could be. You got to be you got to be certain you're on the right spot, but I, I assume it's not. So we have to yeah, find the an same uninstall. address in the notebook here that I have. Yeah. So there's definitely something K9's blocking. It also slows you down. The the K9 tool is just really bogs everything down. So if people are still using Canon as a web filter, we would tell you not to do it anymore. Just it was great when it first came out, but it's definitely not what it used to be. So we, you, right. did you find an uninstaller there, Dennis? I have not yet, but I'm still looking. All right. If we can find an uninstaller, we'll find one because that's what's happening. Now also well I wonder if his DNS settings I don't think Canon worked that way. Canine didn't use DNS. It used like a logging was, system. And it was a proxy. So. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to have to find an uninstaller for you, George. There's no workaround to K9 that I can think of other than uninstalling it. Okay. Now, you, you can't find the program on your system, right? No, uh, I eliminated everything that had the name K9 on it uh, in the system. When you say yeah. eliminated, did you just like delete the shortcut or did you uninstall it? Uninstall it. Okay, so it clearly left some legacy stuff here for you that's getting yes. in the way. So hopefully we can find an uninstaller for you. Um, to get rid of it. You, oh. I'm still looking. Oh boy, it's not good. It's oh, uh oh. Uh, is there any other way to load that software? Can you download it to your machine and then bring it over to your the machine you're dealing with? I've never tried that. I always think out of the box. So download it to like an, uh, a flash drive, right? As an XE or something. So instead of you know, point it to the or it'll go to your downloads folder on the other machine. Copy okay. it to a USB stick, bring it over to the machine you're trying to get it loaded on. It can't stop you there. All right. We'll it, give that a try. Yeah. Very good. All right, George. We'll try to find a link for your uninstall as well. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I wish we could just find answers to every question. I know. If you're not finding it, I mean, K9's been kind of deprecated for a long time. I think yeah, they, I don't even think they support it anymore, do they? They don't. I think they were purchased by somebody else. and It's not what it used to be. It's no, unfortunately. All right. So a uh, couple lines open, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Is there anything you wanted to bring up, Dennis, uh, news-wise, as we wait for calls? Well, we talk a lot about how cryptocurrency is fake money. Yes, it is. All right. Well, there's something that's actually related to cryptocurrency. Oh, right. It's called NFTs Just or non-fungible tokens. Yes. Where you can buy and sell things electronically and you have the token that you own, which is yours forever and ever. Right. And that's what Ooh. you've got. Ooh. Okay. It's like a beanie well, baby all over again. And if you can imagine, uh, there are there are uses for that. You can buy an NFT that gives you the rights to a photograph. Mm -hmm. And you are the only person that can govern what's done with that photograph. Ooh. Or that recording, yeah. you know, sound recording, song, whatever. Yes. But there's also a lot of uh, mayhem that goes along with that. Right. 
As P.T. Like, Barnum said, there's a sucker born every day. Like a group of people who recently went and sold a bunch of NFTs mm-hmm. for these little cartoon characters. Okay. And they're very cute. They're called embers um, or frosties. <laughs> okay. I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the attraction is. I mean, they're they're really adorable little things. But people actually <laughs> went in and... Uh, they auctioned off these NFTs for mm-hmm. these little cartoon characters. Yeah. And then, poof, the site's gone. Right. Everything's gone. And no NFTs. And, yeah, you have no NFTs. So how you much paid they, the money. How but, much did they make? Oh, I don't even know. I read $1.1 million. Yeah. Well, $1.1 million is what I read, if this is the same story. Um, I might have a different story because this one does not have a dollar amount in it. Well. The idea is this, guys. Come on, man. So in addition to having fake currency, right? you now have fake things that people are buying and selling. Fake digital things. I, what? I mean, collectors what? Are, are people collect things for all sorts of crazy reasons, and you can't really judge them for doing it. Whatever. You would collect whatever you collect. I'm joking about Beanie Babies, but back in the 80s, Beanie Babies were a big thing. Oh, yeah, they were. Yeah. And now, I mean, I mean, who knows if there's value now. And the company that made them actually created a scare. Tyco. By announcing, yeah, Tyco. Right. By announcing they were going to stop making them. Right. Increasing Only the value. when that date came, they never stopped making yeah. them. But the the values all spiked right before that. Yeah, until they went back down again. So again, NFTs, whatever. If you really want to spend your money on NFTs, more power to you. But at least you need to know where you're going to go for your, your silly digital whatever you're spending your money on. Now, if you use cryptocurrency to buy your NFTs, <laughs> fake money to buy your fake, your your pictures, whatever. But um, so is this just the Matrix actually coming to fruition? How do you mean? Every nothing's real and everything's real. <laughs> yeah, it could be Joey, because this is crazy, man. I don't I don't know what what people see in these things or why. I mean, but again, a fool in this money. If you had the first. You know, I, I think of like uh, like iconic pictures, like the picture of the of the planet Earth, you know, uh, from the moon, right? Well, uh, there's no NFT for that because we paid for that as taxpayers. So if NASA thinks they're going to sell that as an NFT, I want a piece of that. Well, I think that's part of the National Archives. I would hope so. so yeah. But that's like a, I can see that as a as a you know iconic picture. Do I think I would want to pay to own the picture? No, I can see that picture a bazillion times anytime I want. So what, owning this picture, what does it mean? What value is it? I just don't get it. Clearly, I just don't get it. But well, who am I? So we've got to take a break here, Joey. <laughs> All right. Step up for a quick break. Four lines open for you guys. 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. Nothing non-fungible here. We'll be right back. And we are back. Heads for you this morning. Take California. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock, and then Dr. Alessi will be in with Healthy Rounds. He'll give you a second opinion on your health advice. And uh, that should be interesting. I mean, the CDC had some interesting <laughs> interesting issues with data and how they decided to do what they decided to do to us. Uh, but maybe Dr. Alessi will be talking about that or not. I have no idea. Um, it looks like uh, Dennis did find. Oh, actually, Mike G found oh, it. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah, Mike so, G. Thank you, Mike. Props to him. He found a link to a page yep. from Symantec that bought the company that made Blue Coat or that made yeah, Blue Coat Canine. Canine. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, they discontinued it in 2019. Yeah. On this page that we are linking to, there is a link to an uninstall tool. 
Nice. And that running that will get rid of it. I knew there was a tool out there. Had nice, to be. Nice job, Mike. All right. So feel free to get online. 800. Oh, the calls are coming in, keeping Caroline busy. Um, everything we talked about today is posted live over at computertalkwithtab.com by Dennis here while we're doing the show. Right? That's the name of the show.com. Mm-hmm. That also works. That's right. And it really does. It does. No work. kidding. Yeah, it does. If you like us on Facebook, if you like Tab Computer Systems on Facebook, and Mark Zuckerberg deems the news worthy, it may get into your news feed. So uh, if you want to do that, you can. If you use Twitter, if you've got time for Twitter, I don't know who has time for Twitter, but if you do have time for Twitter and uh, you want to follow all the links that way, you can go ahead and follow us on the Twitter feed as well over at, uh, I'm not sure we are, what we're called out there in the Twitter feed, but it's linkable from Computer Talk. You can see it. We're going to go to Linda next, who called in here. What's going on, Linda? Hi there. Hey there. What's up? Um, I'm not sure if you'll help me, but um, I appreciate <laughs> any advice. Okay. <laughs> I'm actually a Mac girl. All right. That's and, okay. Um, so I'm, I'm a got, Mac guy. What's that? I'm a Mac guy, so oh, that's cool. Are? Okay, yeah. great. So I recently upgraded my, uh, my iMac, and it was in April. And when I did the conversion over to the new Mac, it forced me to do the IMAP setup for the emails. Yes. And everything was going fine. Come November, I realized all these emails that I quote-unquote put in the trash were, were totally gone. Like it seemed like the middle of the month, um, anything from April to November was deleted, and I hadn't done it. And so I rechecked the settings, and I have everything set to never in the settings. I checked the iPhone. Mm-hmm. And the settings are set to never. And um, I contacted the host company that my emails are on, and they said that we don't delete emails. You, you'd have to manually go in and delete them. Mm-hmm. So I checked, I double-checked the settings, and I'm at the point where I should just go to maybe to, to pop because I can't take that the emails just go away. Well, you can't blame the, the protocol. Okay. Yeah, that's not the problem. <laughs> it's, it's probably not you, Linda. We're coming up against the bottom of the hour, the end of our show, top of the hour. Um, however, it's probably whoever provided your email service lost your mail. I'm guessing that if you didn't delete it, IMAP doesn't delete mail unless it tells yeah, you. Yeah, and the, uh, the migration utility from one machine to another, that's not going to delete them. Right. So that's why it's important, folks, to have a backup of your email, right? You have to back up your provider. Because they're not backing it up, and they're not giving you a way to restore it, right, Linda? No, it's not. They actually, like, kind of laugh. Yeah, and I'm, I was I'm, like, I'm sorry. Okay, well, maybe I need a new provider. That's a that's a thought too, right? But um, it's not it's not you, it's them. But we gotta let you go. But it's not the it's not IMAP or Pop. It's your provider, most likely. Okay. Okay. Thanks for your help. You're welcome. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank all you guys for joining us on the Saturday morning. I want to thank Caroline for producing and Joey for helping. Thank Mike G for posting everything live. Thank you, Wes Bryan from IT Pro TV. And we want you to be geeks, too. See you next week. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. For a 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.